2: Download the free Anchor app right now, or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach.
0: The kids on Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? Halloween a Freddy Krueger podcast was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag from the consequence podcast network. The minds behind the losers club comes a new podcast in fantasy terror. Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining Halloween a Freddy Krueger podcast. Consequence podcast network.
2: Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, Before we get into this, are you subscribed to the podcast already? Because if you're not, now is an excellent time to do that and get it out of the way. As we do put interviews out every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at Consequence of Sound. It's a lot to keep up with and this is the way to do it. Of course, you can subscribe anywhere you get your favorite podcasts from, like iTunes and Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify or YouTube if those happen to be a bit more of your speed. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is The National. In fact, I'll be talking with Bryce Desner about the new album, I Am Easy to Find. Now, this is an album that sort of redefines the band. In fact, it not only redefines them as a band, but it redefines the idea of a band at all. There's a lot of people involved. Outside of your basic musician's, Film director Mike Mills, he's not only created a movie, a short film, to go along with the album, but he's actually producing the record. He's in the band Photos, in the press shots. So the whole concept is sort of flipped on its head for something new. I'll be talking with Bryce about how that affected the songs, both in the writing and the recording, as well as there being close to no downtime between their last record, Sleep Well Beast, and on this one and we'll of course hint at what's in store for the future as well. Talking about the album I Am Easy to find. it's Kyle Meredith with The National. Well, first uh, all the compliments I'm easy to find which has given me a, a fun little pun anytime I need to say that line so <laughs> where are you? I'm easy to find. I mean everything about this record sounds like this is something that The National wants to redefine themselves.
3: Is that fair? I think we um, we're open to experimentation and especially to kind of Um, Mike Mills, the film director who we worked with on the movie, who we kind of allowed to come into the studio as kind of a creative director slash producer. And we really gave him a lot of license to, he's a huge fan of the band, um, but also has a great sense of sort of what comfort zone is and pushing us outside of it. And so, yeah, I think that we've been searching, I mean, with Sleep Well Beast as well, I think was a departure uh, or a crystallization of something we've been working on for a long time. And we, so I think the last this record and the last one, in a good way, we felt like after years of working, that actually, rather than perfecting the thing we've been doing, we're kind of actually properly discovering new territory.
2: And I, I mean, every band always talks about evolution. And I mean, there are the catchphrases that come along with what, you know. But I've never seen anyone try anything like this. And I so you're, with your brother, with Aaron's last thing about um, uh, The Big Red Machine, this sort of seems like the same train of thought that that's coming through. Like, let's just invite a bunch of people to write something, but now it's under the name of the National. I mean, is, does this all connect with with what that concept is?
3: I mean, I think certainly Big Red Machine and some of the residencies that we've been doing are a development out of years of like a really collaborative. The truth is is that the National looks like five people in the photo, but, but it's a much bigger community of artists. Mm-hmm. Um, who have you know come and gone and been um even you know someone like Stevieon Stevens who's probably my closest friend who's been on all the records uh, not this one actually but he's yeah. been like kind of involved with us for years and you know his musical presence is felt because we've played so much together and so we there is a sense of community that we've um, embraced over the years and sometimes rock bands are seen as very insular yeah. kind of and I think that that that's a valid you know the Ramones. It's a, valid point Um, in our case maybe we weren't brilliant enough for something to just be that so we've always kind of had the windows open and and this record feels like the best Version of that where we're really properly yeah. bringing other voices into the fold.
2: That's why why does it feel different this time? I mean, why is it such a. Mike Mills is in the press photo this time. It's not just, you know, the five guys, but why this time were you. Is it the effort to say it is more? These people have been here all along. I mean, it seems like the presentation is more direct this time.
3: Um, I mean, I think the biggest shift would be having uh, female voices. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lead role, so it's the first time where Matt has kind of ceded some of that territory and, and been really generous about it actually and very open. I think for us also to have the, the songs have always felt kind of you know beautiful but kind of insular to his sound and his personality, so to, to have them live on other voices. Um, even You can't really say, you know, some, some bands get covered a lot more than we do. I think our songs are hard to cover. Um, but in this case, the songwriting kind of holds up to, to having it set on other voices, and that—that's it was an experiment. You know, it wasn't something we were definitely—we didn't decide in the in the beginning. That's where the film comes in. So the film was made sort of halfway through making the record, and it being the story of a woman's life from birth to death, and really the record ended up kind of being the closest thing to a concept record that we've made, where there's this. Dialogue between the lyrics and the movie, and, um, and and seeing that strong, just beautiful film really inform what we were doing. And the biggest thing would be what we need—we need to hear from the voices if we're telling the story. And yeah. so that's why they're why they're there and so featured
2: You know, I mean, that's the, you talk about multimedia projects. This is one of the most clear multimedia projects, I think. You know, as, as you can get away with because, but some of these songs did exist before the movie. Do they change for you? Have they changed for you with once visuals come in? You know, do you like has it worked like that?
3: Um, yeah, a few of the songs. You know, Ryland being the, the oldest one, Light Years was written before. Um, you know, Mike had those songs, so he went away. His script was relating to those songs, yeah. um, including Quiet Light was an older one. But then Matt and his wife friend who helps him with the lyrics, they were able to kind of also adapt the songwriting to the film so there there was a real a kind of happy marriage of all these things that you know you it could have been a total train wreck and i think we would have been the first ones to kind of pull the cord up until the last minute what are we doing that's not gonna work um kind of behind the behind closed doors there were some discussions about is is this actually a national record Mm. um but yeah it was a you know to allow i think for a band in our you know 20th year or whatever it is to have kind of a new space of working, and a new new process, and a new, you know, it really kind of, you know, blew open the framework in a good way. Yeah,
2: you talk about Matt conceding some of the space and everything, I mean, there are songs on here, you don't hear him at all, right?
3: Yeah, there's there's songs where we don't hear him for several minutes, and there's, you know, even, um, you know, some of the, the choral features with the Brooklyn Youth Chorus, he's not there at all. Yeah, so that was a, that was... A, an experiment and something we were you know asking ourselves does this, this, this work and yeah. and I think Mike was very helpful in kind of the, looking at the longer arc and the bigger narrative and the kind of bigger concept of what it was yeah. and giving us kind of, because it is our longest album as well so it was like whoa this is just vast territory but knowing kind of that there were strong matte songs in the mix you know like A Light Years is all matte and it's, it feels really um, so we, we were kind of in our minds there were things for kind of the hardcore diehard national purists <laughs> right. or something as well it's going to be there so. there was no downtime between the records
2: either like for the first like you always you all stay busy and everything but it's, there has been that space is that dangerous in a way at this point you know I, because it seems like when you talk about a band even being 20 years in you know you have to have that time away and you guys went straight from a tour back into the uh, back into the process again
3: yeah I think it was Mike Mills wrote to Matt with this idea that he'd like to do something, and it quickly bloomed into this ambitious idea. And um, and creatively, we got excited about it. Um, and it was sort of, oh, this is different. I don't think we would have made a normal record; um, it would have felt like torture. Um, and I don't think any of us are that excited to properly go back on tour. You know, we all have families and we need downtime. And so that that's probably the only. You know, it was a really exciting creative project and feels like. Kind of fresh to us, you know. The but that you know, leaving again so close to the end of the last year. I think we've actually finished touring last October, so not even having a year off is pretty intense. Yeah,
2: I mean that takes you back to the early days when it was just bang, 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 bang. But everything's different right now.
3: Everything's different, and, um, you know, I think the, the music industry and the space that it's in, we don't even fully understand what it means to, mm-hmm. at least, you know, we're still making albums where we realize that, like, you know, the streaming culture is really more focused on singles, and so in a way we kind of ex- exist outside of that entire economy. Yeah. But it does seem like our audience is excited for new music, and so we're, we're going to go do it.
2: It's interesting because I, I, hearing these songs as singles as we do, it doesn't really
3: I, you can tell that you need to hear something more and it's I mean it's not that they just I don't know yeah we don't make occasionally we've had songs work at radio in a kind of mm-hmm. um, stronger sort of single way but we we don't necessarily make them for that um, you know we, we really do think of the the, the album yeah um, As a collection. So,
2: So can I ask you about uh, the other stuff? You always seem
3: to be tied into something else outside of the National. Has anything been announced uh, out of that? Um, I mean, I recently have, just a month ago, released a, a record uh, of piano music that I wrote called El Chan. That's with two, probably the two most famous living French pianists or sisters who are in their late 60s, Katia Marie Aldebec. Yeah. Um, and I wrote, uh, read, written a series of pieces for them, including a big piano concerto that they recorded with the orchestra. So that, that's like a, a giant project that I did. And it was inspired by my work with Alejandro Inderitu, the Mexican film directors, has a kind of film tie-in as well. So he did the cover so that's kind of been a fun project to work on.
2: And that's the fun thing about watching you all, because rock band, you know, broad statement, and then everything you do out of that seems to be so counter to the idea of rock music or whatever. Yeah. Seeing how that works in pop music, and we do, I mean, it's
3: so Yeah, I think I was early on in the band, and like when we were in our early 20s, I was, um, I came out of like a strong classical background. and I think also because the band was so, you know, trying to find its sound and what we doing, and I I felt like if I was going to do anything else, I would do it really far away. I wasn't going to you know, start a similar band with some buddies or, you know, write songs with another singer or something. I wanted to do music that would kind of open up new frontiers for me, and, and, and I really, the truth is, I've kind of been playing that music longer than I'm playing in the band, so, um, but it's been, I mean, my brother and I, it's it's, it's great to have a twin. You know, we're, right. we're kind of like, if you just combined us, it would be like a crazy but <laughs> you know, we're, you know we're, we're two people, but we kind of are able to tag team so much that we can just sort of bring everything we're learning from elsewhere and mm-hmm. put it into the pot. Well, what
2: you guys do with this—I mean, and, and getting down to like the big ears and watching what you all do down there and stuff like that—I mean, like I said, it's it's, it's great. Uh, and this—it's uh, one of the most interesting projects. I, like I said, I can't name anything else like this. And when you put someone like Mike Mills in, in the press photo and everything, it, it does say a lot. But it. Also opens the doors like if from here it becomes anything you want, right?
3: That's a good point. We haven't even talked about it. Um, Nor I would expect you to at this point, but, but I think that you know um, the band to be kind of kind of become a collaborative vehicle for ambitious ideas and projects feels exciting to me. Yeah. So um, especially since we have these kind of you know five national terms kind of classic albums you know, and songs that people love from, from those albums and whatnot. It's you know, we could keep trying to write more of that or we could actually try, you know, creating these experiences that yeah. maybe push things a little bit I think is more exciting.
2: Uh, I'll I'll say a nerd thing here that there's another Mike Mills who doesn't have a band right now and works with classical musicians all the time. So if you want to pick up the
3: R.E.M. Uh, bass player there. Yeah, the R.E.M. is a, <laughs> Mike is a friend. You know, he kind of, he and Michael Steyt were big supporters mm-hmm. of us early on. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Make
2: earth thing happen. All right, man, that's it. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Big thanks to Bryce Desner of The National. Again, the uh, latest record, I Am Easy to Find. Now, it was just on the last album cycle, 2017's Sleep Well Beast, that I uh, got on the phone with a lead singer, Matt Berninger. So I thought we'd include that interview here as well. This was a moment where Matt was singing songs of love and relationships, but blurring the line between that side and the commentary reflecting the world at large, especially at that moment. So a little bonus one for you to enjoy. Part two of Kyle Meredith with The National. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'll start out with the compliments because uh, seriously, dude, you guys do it every single time. But uh, this is just another amazing record, and uh, as beautiful as it is, any other adjective, uh, and I, I mean that in a complimentary way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we, we're 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 happy with it. Really happy.
2: I hope so. You don't want to put out. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean it's. But this, this
1: one, we did feel feel like at the end of it, was we were all like, "Yeah, man, this one's something." We didn't, you know. It's like. You don't know like when you're gonna sort of like run out of ideas or run out of hunger for it or run out of the thrill of it, you know. And and um, and so yeah, we, when we finished this one, that was all of it was there: the thrill, the fun, the you know, the, the fear of making an ass of yourself, and all that. Stuff. So we all <laughs> felt felt very good about this one yeah in in a different way, more like with with a better perspective of of uh, you know less of the fear and just more of the enjoyment of the whole thing.
2: well, I mean, there's so many, you know, musically speaking, that, that there's so many interesting turns and and peaks and valleys that go on uh, in this record. And I've heard you talk about how, You know, it's as much of a political record as it is a a relationship record, uh, which I was glad to hear because I think that's how I was hearing it too. Because, you know, I will say a lot of your songs in the past. You know, the word melancholy is associated with this band, but this time it feels angry, and and that's not surprising. You know, we're in the era of of resist. You know, hashtag resist or whatever, and and that's kind of where I wanted to start too, because you know everything happens, and you've got a record to write on one side, it's yeah. almost like any artist, what they write is going to be associated with what's going on out there. But when you're writing it, did you know that you were heading straight on into that storm?
1: Um, well, I mean, w- with regard to like it being a political or a relationship record, it's like, I, I really do. I- and I don't mean this in like to hedge or to the void, but like all of our records are somewhere in between, like, you know, about relationships and about politics and and it's really blurry it's always been blurry for me um like what's the difference between a love song and a and a and a and a, and a protest song you know or, or vice versa they all they all kind of like are all pointing at almost more or less the same stuff, anxiety and fear and what you desire and what you can't figure out and what makes you angry and what makes you, you know, keep going. So, so all of those things I never, I never, um, I never categorize like whatever, like the, I I know there's political stuff and there's love stuff and there's anxiety stuff, but they're all, one song isn't one or the other. It's usually some combo, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like we've been work- we've been working on the record for you know almost since right after we finished touring. Trouble will find me, and you know, Aaron started sending me little ideas and. And um, I started working on songs, and so a lot of the songs, I would say that the record was was probably you know half written in some ways, or it seemed like it was half written, or seventy five percent written, you know, when when Donald Trump won, and, and and you know, and and leading up to it, like you know, I'd been on talk shows and talking about politics, and I've been doing it for a long time, and and then when Trump won, yeah, it was it was a real it was a real rewiring, or or something like just everything. I kind of shut down for a while, and then. Uh, not, not totally. I mean, I, 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 meaning, meaning I, I, I focused on, you know, my kid and my, 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 my family and my, my, myself. And I didn't, I, I suddenly was like, uh, I didn't want to write about politics. I didn't want to like write about Trump anymore. I didn't want to write about what I was writing about anymore. And, 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 and so for a long time, I just started, just started like writing about myself, you know, it was like, it was, I had to start with that and the things that matter the most to me. And, and so from there, it just, I slowly started like putting the, the, putting it all back together from a lyric perspective. And then, and musically too, I think, I think it's just like, in, in every sort of way, emotionally, artistically, you know, uh, romantically, I think everyone's tables just got flipped over a little bit, you know, or at least a lot of people's, like many of the people I know and love and close to, you know, Trump's victory uh, and to, in, in, in Donald Trump becoming president of the United States and, and, and all that all that, that entails and all that means and you know and this this you know all all the things that that reveals about us as people and as a country really 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 sent many many of of the people I know and, and and all my trusted sort of like you know minds and hearts, the people I go to just I sent everybody into a total tailspin and so there was I feel like there's been a long there was a long period of like hibernation and and I keep thinking and so there's a lot of stuff about sleep on this record and a lot of stuff about uh, i don't know just just about just about like like trying to pick apart the elements of love and the elements of bravery and the elements of 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 your own understanding of identity, you know, and and so just totally, totally went to the, just like, because the rest of it was just, it was just too hard to process. You know, it was just too hard to stomach. It was really too hard to choke down what was happening to the country and the world and to the planet and everything. And so, but then slowly that, that turned that all that, all that stuff, that rewiring started, started making sense and started. And so the record came out on the other, like a totally different sort of thing than it would have been, you know, definitely. So it was kind of like, it was one kind of, it was one, kind of larva before and it and then it then when trump won it went into a, a kind of cocoon that it didn't expect to do to and, and then turned into a totally different sort of insect on the other side of it you know or, or a creature than we than we expected yeah. so that's a long rambling rambling uh <laughs> mixing of metaphors is like kind of what happened there
2: I it's guess. a good answer <laughs> to the question is what it is <laughs> And I'll say, you know, there's a famous Bob Dylan quote um, that says uh, every song is a protest song, which is sort of what you were saying right there, which I found really interesting there, too. Um, I mean, he also yeah, liked I'm, to play with the press, but, you know, I, I believe what he says, too.
1: <laughs> I mean, and I think every every honest attempt at, like, every, like, decent... Pete, like work of art or whatever, even like you know a great TV show uh, or a great novel or a great painting is 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 an expression of protest against against the way things are um, in, in some way. Meaning meaning it's, it's 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 a piece of fiction trying to look for something or look for an answer that doesn't exist, even if it's just looking for a, a bit of laughter or a bit of like happiness, you know. Uh, or you know, it's a pic- picture, you know, it's a painting of a of a sunset. Uh, you know, th- th- that was a pr- protest painting. Because it was like it needed to hold on to that sunset, and when you know, in real life, you can't. Yeah. So, so I, I I totally buy into that, and I believe that too. So, I never like, I don't ever like when things are like categories are like, oh, they're political songs, or that band is a political artist, or you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah.
2: but uh, you know, there although I don't, and...
1: I also don't care, you know, I also <laughs> don't care about these <laughs> labels either. I'll wear them all, I don't care.
2: But there are moments on here that I will say is well timed to reflect how we feel. You know, with all of that said, like when the first time I heard "Turtleneck," which I did not expect a song like that specifically on this record, and it was almost just like one of those great releases. You know, uh, yeah, just an explosive that
1: came, moment. Yeah, that came really late. That came like sort of after maybe like like, like I mean, that was definitely that song the most just like basic visceral reaction to Trump, and it's not even really that much of a of a academic or mental... It's, I don't even know what half of it means. I can't tell if it's about sex or about just fashion or about racism, or I can't tell what it's about. But it's really... It's, it's just one of those things that came... When I finally came out of, like, the fog of sadness and then I was able to muster the energy for anger, you know, that's what song steps. came out. Yeah, the 12 <laughs> Steps. Sadness, anger, That's what this record sleep. is, it's
2: 12 Steps of the National. <laughs> Re- <laughs>
1: repeat, get drunk, have sex, repeat... You know, so yeah, and so when I got to that phase of anger, uh, you know, just catharsis or something, that's when Turtleneck happened. And it's funny, I didn't expect, we none of us expected to, you know, we didn't expect to ever write a song like that again. And, and it just felt like uh, it was a different, I wrote a lot of angry songs like that, like Available and Able and stuff like that. I didn't feel that anymore. I didn't feel those 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 teeth. You know, I didn't have those that, that kind of anger anymore until until recently. You know, so that yeah, turtleneck was not something any of us expected either. And and I can't even tell my rib out how I feel. It's so fun to perform. You know, it, when I'm when I'm in my sixties, that's going to be a, another weird weird one to perform. I think, but we'll see.
2: I've often wondered that about artist, If there's any kind of foresight when you do something like that, like you totally. have, you have one of those like high range parts. Where you've got to hit the highest note in your you know that possible, and it never occurs to you, and it shouldn't. By the way, I think like oh god, how am I going to do that in twenty years? Because then you would miss the point of greatness, I guess. But
1: well, it's it's some of it is like it's not so much the notes. I never care about the execution. It's it's the sentiment. It's the idea. It's like like sometimes you know very well you're going to be really humiliated by even having this feeling or writing this lyric, and like, am I really gonna gonna sing that out loud? when i'm you know hopefully older and wiser and that's what's so funny about it but because you would see leonard cohen you know sing these songs about his about his heart on you know um right. you know don't go home with your heart on you know and he's in his you know like an old man singing that, about that <laughs> uh and, and for him it probably was tr- 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 certainly t- still uh, a prescient topic but uh but but it was like, so there are things like that. There are a lot of songs like that that I'm, I sometimes I'm like, yeah, God, I'm going to, I'm going to be embarrassed. If I'm so lucky to be performing these songs into my sixties and seventies, um, that's going to be, I'm, I'm going to look like an idiot then, but that's fine. I'm happy to, I'm happy to risk it.
2: <laughs> I want to say by complete chance and, uh, and circumstance, that is the most recent Leonard Cohen song that I've actually heard. <laughs> funny. Yeah. It was the anniversary yeah. of that album just a few days ago. So yeah, it's wonderful. Was it? Uh, yeah. Um, I'll I'll turn my attention, our attention, to a a different song on here and and another one that's very, has lots of layers, multi-layered, and that's Guilty Party, which on one side of things is one of the realest looks at a relationship that I think has ever been put into song. And I, I, I am leaning on the relationship side of this one without getting into your personal life. But knowing that you write some of these lyrics with your wife, you know, she is a writing partner and you have a song like this, like to me that feels like one of those moments where everything's on the table and could potentially be a really uncomfortable moment. Although I don't gather that that happened for you like that.
1: Well, it did. I mean, it is personal and it is real. And it's like, and I did write it with my wife and it's a total breakup song. And like, and we're not broken up, but I think, I mean, marriage, marriage. I mean, we've, we've been writing together since Boxer. And like, she would never let me write about anything that, that was uh that wasn't really what was going on and and so in like you know i mean i i i don't i'm not i don't think our marriage is is uncommon but we we break up every month you know like you want for, for 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 sometimes 20 minutes sometimes a day or two and and then it, you know there's it's just like it's and the people change marriages evolve people evolve and i think there's this sense of um, I think we make a mistake by thinking that we like pick something and we, and, and we decide to go and, and that we're just going to settle into this version of ourselves and this understanding of ourselves and each other and then when we do that I think we don't let each other let, let each other sort of shift and grow and evolve and things change and people change and 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 relationships evolve and so so we, my marriage, we've had to sort of break apart and put it back together in new ways, just because we're totally different individuals, and we've had to allow each other to be to be individuals, and then also be be together and have a family and our daughter together. So it's so it's like we write about that stuff all the time. It's all we write about. It's all we think about. Sort of. I mean, we, we, I mean, we have a really really healthy marriage, I think, because of it. You know, so. I um, you know, uh, so so we've never we've never, you know, we've never split up other than, you know, for 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 brief spells of 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 whatever need just needing to disappear from from ourselves and each other. But we write about it all the time, and we think about it, and we and we we weigh the option of like, well, yeah, well, of course, you know. It's like you know, we don't have to stay together. It's like it's not, it's not a problem. Um, and it's it's. But what would be what would be the alternative, and how would you know? So we kind of dig it. We pull back the onion and dig into those things, and we talk about it. And I wrote most of that, and then let let her hear it, and she was like, huh, that's a that's an interesting one. Let's let's really let's take that all the way. And so she helped finish it, and it's just always it's why we it's why we, we're married, you know. It's like we, we're just like we, we we're totally crazy about each other's ideas and and courage and that stuff. It's why we that's why we fell in love in the first place.
2: It sounds extremely healthy uh, to do that, and, and and I feel like therapists should use that as, as some kind of you know a, a <laughs> therapy that it should be a practice. It's interesting. No,
1: I would not. We are certainly not a that a, any kind of couple that any therapist should use for any sort of model. <laughs> Believe me, that's not a good idea.
2: Uh, no, wait. Yeah. Does she get royalty
1: cuts as a writer? That's a good question. I'm not going to ask that. She's never <laughs> asked her lawyer, and I've never asked her to ask her lawyer. No, because <laughs> we have the same lawyer. I mean, she's always been credited, um, but no, there's not an extra. There's there's not really an extra extra piece of the pie for for Corinne um, in it all. But uh, yeah, it's, but she's, she's, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. She's, she's been somebody who, like, I always say, like, I write uh, 90% of the lyrics, but she writes 75. She, I write 90% of the lyrics, but she writes like half of the really good ones. Yeah. But she, and, and not only that, it's just, she's always there just about tone. And like, when I sing it, she's like a real, like, she's a great like uh, sort of singing coach in terms of like trying to get the right sentiment with it, you know, get the right personality. She'd be a, she'd be an amazing director and acting coach and stuff like that so because a lot of singing is trying to channel that, that the truth you know and, and to really be inside the song and i do that live just it's almost like method singing you try to actually really really believe the song and pretend like be there in the moment where you're saying it for the first time to this person or they're saying it to you and try to be there every time you're on stage and she helps do that she's like she's good she's just good about about like zeroing in on and on, in, in remembering what the heart and the center of the soul of the of the idea is you know
2: yeah. Well, don't let me blow too much smoke up your ass when I say this, but uh, your songwriting partnership, as it is, is probably uh, as important, at least to us fans, as anything like Lennon McCartney. You know, uh, as partnerships yeah. go. Anyway, so I- I'm I'm so yeah happy. And I
1: think if it like I know like Kathleen Brennan and Tom Waits, I think they right, write together right. a lot, and. Uh, it's probably one of those type of type of vibes.
2: And and on the other side of that I know they, you know the other side of the relationship part of this song is it could be the band itself and and that's obviously not lost yeah. because bands as they say uh, are like a marriage and you have to work harder to keep it going and to see the national last outlast so many of your peers it started around the same time I, I almost feel like this song is sort of um, an interesting testament to all of that, you know, for the career.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot of, I mean, a lot of this stuff is is sometimes I think about, I, I mean, I feel like sometimes I'm talking, I'm singing about Aaron or Brian or the band or, you know just whatever it's like you know there is or like the label or other people you know it's like there, it's it's not always all these things are kind of really uh when when you're when i'm listening to them or performing them or even you know recording them it's a pretty fluid uh sort of you know, who and what everything's about. And, and it, and it, but, it's, but the emotional sort of center of it all is pretty is all genuine and truthful, I guess, the emotional part of it.
2: Yeah, and, you know, if you take some of these lyrics that uh, people will call dark and you try to put them into more uh, of a funny state, which you've been able to do with your lyrics off and on throughout your career too, uh, <laughs> in the context we're talking about here, I started looking at those words, I'll still destroy you, which creeps up in a couple songs and uh and i thought isn't that a funny thing to say you know as you're in the bus with your band members and it's getting heated
1: <laughs> just yeah i mean that, their heads. yeah i mean this the this, this source of that is like it's such an innocent sort of uh thing but it but then it, you it, you it, in the context of the record and the song and the times and all that kind of stuff and in in the context of the other songs it it takes on but f- a bunch of you know different sort of spins which is which is, I love that when, 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 when you have an idea for one thing and then you re- recontextualize it and oh my and it means so many different things and some of it's just, you know, accidental too.
2: <laughs> right. Matt, it All was right, great, dude. man. Take care. Talk to you soon, Kyle. Later, later on. bye Bye-bye. From a 2017 interview with Matt Berninger about the Nationals record Sleep Well Beast. And again, thanks to Bryce Desner for the new interview. Their latest record is called I Am Easy to Find. And with the idea of the National Family, if you search further down in uh, in this series, wherever you're looking for, Bryce's twin brother Aaron Desner last year teamed up with Justin Vernon for the Big Red Machine album. We've got an episode with Aaron as well. As for now, though, uh, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith and Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.